You know, there are some walks that are uh, longer than others, not because of the miles or the terrain or the place, but because of the burdens and the things that you think about and talk about on the walk because of what forces you to take that walk. And in our text today, two people take a walk as they go back three days after Jesus had died. They're walking back to their old life, their ordinary life, the way it was before. They're saddened because their greatest hopes, it turned out, didn't come to pass. And they felt that their hearts were empty, their hearts were broken, and so they just walked. They walked through this valley of disillusionment, a, a walk that was burdened with shame and fear and loss because for them, Good Friday, when Jesus died and was crucified, wasn't good at all. And in spite of everything that they had experienced walking with Jesus in the years previous, all the stories that they could tell, in spite of the witness that they had just heard that morning, they themselves hadn't seen Jesus. And it would seem that they didn't want any more false hopes or unbelievable miracles, so they did what they thought was best, and that was to just kind of get on with life, to go back to reality. For them, the words of Jesus and the hope of redemption had grown cold in their hearts. And I wonder if they started thinking, like we sometimes do, that maybe this was a mistake, this whole idea that I got caught up in, maybe it just, maybe I shouldn't have done it. And they were hoping that time, time could begin to heal them like time does. And walking's a good way to pass time. And maybe it's not too much of a stretch for us to relate to that. The idea of things are tough, so we take a walk. And I'd like for ourselves today, as we look at our text from Luke chapter 24, to almost put ourselves into the story, to allow ourselves to be one of these two disciples walking on the road and to walk alongside them, trying to let time pass, trying to find our way back after disappointment, when hope and the ones we love have gone. best, I think, in those moments to just walk. Maybe something will come along the way. So this is Cleopas on their walk. There's two disciples, not one of the 12. And a stranger comes alongside, and this is a resurrection appearance of Jesus. There's no flash of lightning, just a couple of guys walking, a couple of guys' hearts that are all tangled up and messed up. And we're going to watch as Jesus does what he does. This is verse 15. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. But they were kept from, from recognizing him. And what keeps us from recognizing Jesus, what keeps us from recognizing them recognizing Jesus in the story here, we're not told. But we shouldn't judge them too harshly because if you've ever been in grief and shock or in defeat, we don't recognize much either. We just find ourselves going through those motions, just trying to get to the next place, just trying to find a way to move on. And then 17 comes in the next verse, and it says, what were you discussing as you walk along? And they stood still, and their faces are downcast. 
this question of what were you talking about stops them in their tracks because of the sheer sadness of the response they will have to make. And I don't know if you've ever had to experience that. Experience loss and then someone hits you with the, hey, how's it going? And you have to kind of figure out, well, what do you say in that moment? How can you carry a burden that you haven't shared and then try to still not be so sad when they ask? And so very sadly, and maybe even a little bit roughly, in verse 18, one of them named Cleopas says, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened here in these days? Are you the only one who doesn't know what happened? Are you the only one who doesn't see how bad it was? How can you ask me that? But Jesus just responds with what things and allows them allows them by asking a question to state their struggles, allows them to bear their souls, allows them to speak to the pain that is so deep in their hearts in this moment. And he invites them to share it. And it must have been with his eyes that they didn't think he was just being uh, a goofball or that he was out of touch with reality, that he was a real person that was concerned with what was going on and was willing to listen to them, that they don't blow him off and they start to answer him. And that's a moment here in this text that we have to stop at. We have to hear this part that Jesus asked them in the midst of their pain and their hurting, what things are bothering you? Because he invites us to do the same in prayer. Prayer becomes a gift from God for you and I to share our souls, to, to bear our problems, to be able to speak openly knowing that God is not going to judge us, that he's not far off and not caring about what we have to say, but wants to be in relationship with us, wants to speak to us, wants to hear us. And maybe sometime today you find that moment where you can speak to him, where you can share with him, that you don't have to hold it in trying to be so strong anymore but can simply say, Lord, this is it. This is everything that I need to say to you. And the guys, they just unload. They give this long paragraph about Jesus, about him. <laughs> They're telling him what happened to him, that Jesus was a prophet, he was powerful, that the chief priests killed him, that they had hoped that he was going to be the one to redeem Israel. And then they say, and what's more, it's now been three days since this all took place. And some of our women have amazed us. They went to the tomb, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And then some of our companions, some of our friends, some of the people that we trusted and have lived life with, went to the tomb and found it just as they had said, empty, but no one could find Jesus. They tell and they speak of the hope that they had, the hope of a savior, the hope of being filled, hope of having an abundant life, hope of having the promises of God given to them. But all of that now is lost because of death. Because what's done is done and an empty tomb meant for them that all of this is over. And anyone who has ever been broken knows the feeling that these two are speaking about 
to Jesus. The feeling of not being able to hold on any longer, of not having any more strength, because you can't risk getting hurt again. And this is another moment, another moment for us to take any place in our hearts, any hope. And just open, open our hearts to our Lord Jesus who promises to hear us. And when we do that, I am convinced that you will find just as these two men did, that when we have shared everything in our hearts, whether we're doing that yelling or screaming or crying or silently praying, that Jesus speaks to us. Jesus speaks to us. Because this is what he says next. He doesn't correct them immediately and say, ta-da, it's me. He drives them to something that each one of us have access to, to his word. He takes them into the very words of God that you find in your Bible, the very truth of who we are to him, the very truth of who we are supposed to be in him, the very truth of the hope that we have. And Jesus lets them know how silly they are for not understanding and seeing how wrong their thinking had been. And he sets out to heal their fear, to heal their misunderstanding, to heal and fix their heart, speaks to them and reminds them of what he had been saying all along in his ministry before he died, what the scriptures have been pointing us to all along. And piece by piece, he picks them up in mercy and in kindness and in love and explains to them what the truth of God is found in the word and I wonder how he did it I wonder if he took him back to the very beginning how there in the garden the seed of the woman whose heel was bruised in Genesis that from the beginning of death entering in it was never going to end in death but it's going to end in hope in life I wonder if he took him back to Abraham And how Abraham wasn't just one man who was called out by God, but instead all nations would be blessed through this one man because he knew God and experienced God and received from God what he alone could give. How God has been wrestling with people from the very beginning of time, wrestling with their unbelief and fear. How God himself is the lion of the tribe of Judah. How God is our true hope, our true life. How in him we have power. How that voice from the burning bush, the one who guided them and remains, even when things are on fire and going crazy, God is there. How Jesus was the Passover lamb, the one given and shed for them. How Jesus is the prophet who is greater than Moses because he didn't just give laws and rules of how you will live. Instead, he brought grace and truth and love. How he is the captain of the Lord's army to Joshua, who he is the one who makes you more than conquerors, that gives you the victory, that even though we die, we will live. And even if everything is taken from us, we are never separated from God our Father in Jesus. He is the Redeemer, the Son of David, who is also the King and greater than David. He's the Good Shepherd of Psalm 23, the Savior described by every single prophet, and the one who suffered for us in Isaiah. He brings them to the truth that is ours in the word and in Jesus, that we have never been alone and we never remain broken because the Lord is with us, is for us. 
No matter how old we get or how much we learn in this life, how much we intellectually think there's no more miracles, one kind word from Jesus, one more chance with Jesus, we receive the everlasting love, the hope that doesn't fail. And when they heard all that, they get to the place where they were going, and Jesus is like, I'm going to keep going. This has been fun, guys. But they urge him to stay. The road ends, and they force him to say, the actual translation is better. They try to twist his arm into staying. They're compelling him to stay. But it never would have had to come to that. They never had to force Jesus to stay. He wanted to stay all along. And then the miracle happens. He stays. He breaks bread. He gives thanks. And their eyes are open, and they recognize him. They recognize him in his behavior. They recognize him because he is the one who gives. He is the one who feeds. He is the one who cares. They knew it was him then, fully. And in feeding others at the right time, and in receiving that bread that is broken for us with thanksgiving, we too today receive Jesus. These two people walking on the road, friends, it's you and us, people who knew a lot, who cared a lot, who have become sad and, and dismissed because their hopes were dashed, and whose eyes just couldn't see how good it really was, because the story doesn't end in death, it ends in life, and they find themselves still walking with Jesus. Maybe sometimes it just takes a downcast face walking to really see the wonder and the work of God in our midst. Because it's there where we stop moving and just open to be blessed with courage, courage that he gives each one of you, to be blessed with mercy that he has given to each one of us, to be blessed with hope that he fills us with. And then comes my favorite verse in the whole part. Were not our hearts burning within us when he talked to us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? And they're changed. Maybe tired from the walk, now they sprint back to tell others that they have seen Jesus, that it is true, that he has risen. Hearts that are broken now burn. Hands that were empty are now filled. Minds that were afraid and lost now have peace and confidence because just a word from the Lord, the word that is there for you to grab and to speak over your children, to bring into your homes, to speak into your own lives is yours. To hear his voice that changes the atmosphere, changes everything, quiets fears because he speaks right into those fears, speaks right into those brokenness and fills them with love and a hope that burns within. Because the seal of death, the finality of it was rolled away. And the victory of God is given to you and I in Christ Jesus. It's why we shout out, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen.